0: Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. It is 7 a.m. on this Thursday morning, October 12th. There are some important things we need to mention this morning, so I'm going to propose this. Let's get started right away with prayer, and then let's get into the meat of today's show. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O oh, Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, Joys and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, first and foremost, before we get into any of the segments of today's show and what we're going to be talking about, many of you have uh, probably seen this. A few of you have sent this to me. Uh, The Catholic Patriarch of the Holy Land has called for a day of prayer and fasting for peace in the Holy Land, Latin Catholic Patriarch of Jerusalem, Cardinal Pierre Batista Pizzaballa has urged Catholics to organize times of prayer with Eucharistic adoration and recitation of the Rosary to deliver to God the Father our thirst for peace, justice, and reconciliation, according to a report from Catholic News Agency. The Cardinal goes on to say, In this time of sorrow and dismay, we do not want to remain helpless. We cannot let death and its sting be the only word we hear. That is why we feel the need to pray, to turn our hearts to God. God the Father. Only in this way we can draw the strength and serenity needed to endure these hard times by turning to Him in prayer and intercession to implore and to cry out to God amidst this anguish. So, that uh, day of fasting and prayer that He is calling for, uh, based on everything I have seen, is on Tuesday, October 7th. That's every translation of His letter, every news article I've read so far, Tuesday, October 7th. The Latin Patriarch of the Holy Land of Jerusalem is calling all of us to a day of prayer and fasting. So what does that mean? Well, you heard some of the things there. Can you spend some time with our Lord in Eucharistic adoration on Tuesday? Can you recite the rosary? Maybe you can't, you know, spend that time in Eucharistic adoration, but you can do some extra rosary praying I'm gonna be on a road trip Tuesday. I, it's not really practical for me to go to adoration, and I don't have the ability to bring our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament with me in the van. That would not be appropriate, but I will have eight hours on the road. There's certainly several rosaries that can be prayed. I like to bring snacks when I go on long trips. You know, I'm gonna spend most of my time. Well, maybe Tuesday we're not gonna bring any snacks. You know, Maybe we're just gonna eat very simply the two small meals, one larger meal. Maybe we won't even eat our normal meals at all. Um, You know, there's different degrees of fasting. There's different ways you approach it. You have to decide what you're going to do. You have to commit to it. You have to do it. But let's all uh, take that to heart, that call for prayer and fasting on Tuesday. Today on the show, we are going to hear about uh, what New Agers don't know about heaven from Father Mark Goring. We're going to hear about uh, what the Mass is, the greatest prayer we can offer. We're going to hear about how many are called but few are chosen. You know, are we going to be surprised? By who gets into heaven, you know, let's prepare ourselves. So uh, hopefully we're not surprised that we get there. We, we want to be, all right, yeah, you know, I had that assurance that we're going to get there. And then Father Skillman and I will continue to dive into our weekly series on the Redeemer of Man by St. John Paul II. So that's all ahead on the show today. Let's go to Mike Roberts for our weather and our saint of the day.
1: Today is the feast day of the Blessed Virgin Mary as Mother of the Church. In the fourth century, St. Ambrose of Milan first referred to the Blessed Mother as Mother of the Church, but somehow the title and reference became lost and unused until the 20th century when it was rediscovered by a German Jesuit, Hugo Rahner, older brother of Karl Rahner. Then in 1964, as he was closing the third session of the Second Vatican Council, Pope Paul VI, in his Credo of the People, made the title official. We declare Mary, the most holy mother of the Church, that is, of all Christian people. St. Pope John Paul II placed it in the Catechism of the Roman Catholic Church, and Pope Francis added it to the Roman calendar. Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
2: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts.
1: Daily Offering God the Father, I thank Thee for creating me. God the Son, I thank Thee for redeeming me. God the Holy Spirit, I thank Thee for sanctifying me. Infuse into my thoughts, words, and actions Thy grace, so that they may be supernaturally pleasing to Thee and supernaturally rewarding to me forever. O Blessed Trinity, abundantly assist me in becoming that which Thou intended me to become when Thou created me. For in Thy perfection I will give Thee the glory Thou desirest of me, and in that perfection I will find my greatest joy in heaven. Amen. When I was a student
0: in high school, couple days a week so I could take an elective class I had to go to school before school we called it zero hour and uh, sophomore year especially it was zero hour biology It was a lot to take in in the 7 a.m. hour and I'm kind of going back to these days as we've had Father Skillman with us each week, diving into these teachings of St. John Paul II. It's it's like zero-hour theology here on our morning commute with Roadmap to Heaven. But Father, I'm loving it, and, and we're happy to have you back as we continue to talk about this theme of inheritance, the first section of St. John Paul II's Redemptor Hominess. So good morning to you. Good
2: morning. Yeah, and it may feel like we're kind of slogging through this, but there's this is one of the things about John Paul II is there's such a richness to everything he says, you know. And so we're on page 8 of the encyclical in my edition and there's more beautiful things for us to dive into today. He he continues now we, if we remember last time we were focusing in on the person of Paul VI, his not his immediate predecessor because John Paul the 1st had come between them, but just before him Paul the 6th. And now he he wants to reflect in particular on Paul the Sixth first encyclical. So we have John Paul the 2nd and his first encyclical looking back to the first encyclical of Paul VI, as part of this inheritance that he's reflecting on. And Paul VI's first encyclical was called Ecclesiam Suam, which is about the Church. And it just kind of asks the basic question, What what is the Church? How does the Church understand herself? And really, this was very much at the heart of the Second Vatican Council. I think this was, if you wanted to boil down Vatican II to kind of one question, which would be hard to do, but this might be a good candidate but for But we're going to do it anyway, right <laughs> here not? on Run Me Up to Heaven. And so John Paul II, echoing Paul VI, he zeroes in, especially on one of the four marks of the Church, which is the Church's Catholicity. The Church is one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. And the Catholicity of the Church is, is her universality. And we see here, drawing on Paul VI, that he brings out this this truth that the Church is Catholic in two ways— One is, and this is probably the most obvious, that the Church is meant to be home for all the peoples of the world. The Church is called out to all all the nations of the world. John Paul II speaks about universal openness, that that the Church should be ready to welcome one and all of humanity within her family. So that that Catholicity, in the sense of the, the universal mission of the Church to the whole world, but then and this is a kind of a, a lesser thought of i think for many catholics i part of this catholicity that the church is also catholic in the sense that she receives and proclaims and this is a quote from john paul in its integrity the whole of the truth transmitted by christ so this idea that the church is universal also because very beautifully christ gave us everything we have the wholeness of the truth right we're not missing or lacking in anything and he says this calls for the dialogue of salvation in which the church enters into conversation with various circles. And it's interesting that he he sees very keenly this idea of dialogue it means listening, yes, we want to listen to the partner with whom we're dialoguing, but also speaking truth, right? It's a conversation that that we're called to. And sometimes I think we can maybe in some when we think about dialogue forget that like this universal openness to all the peoples of the world means yes we listen to all the different people of the world but that the church also has something to speak in this dialogue right and that is the fullness of truth the catholic truth that we've received and paul the sixth and then john paul ii um both focus in on this as they reflect upon the church
0: i i love what that sets up that you know and that's again talking about 40 years later questions we're still wrestling with Uh, What does it mean to say that the church is universal and open, that everyone is welcome? Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you're welcome and you're free to keep doing what you're doing, especially if you're living a life of grave sin. You're welcome, but we're going to speak the truth with charity, but we are going to speak the truth. And and this idea that we often uh, have to ask ourselves, you know, I see it being asked in a lot of our Catholic institutions how much of our Catholicity are we supposed to put out there when we welcome non-Catholics, whether it's Mm -hmm. into our schools or into our social services or whatever? And the answer is we don't hold anything back because we love, and we're going to speak that truth with love, and we welcome everyone to come hear it.
2: Yeah, and we get another reference right in this same section to a kind of personal gratitude of John Paul II to Paul VI when he says of him that he was also truly my father. I think that's so beautiful, you know, that this is— what fatherhood does, right? It's open in, in love and tenderness and welcome, but it also, um, it speaks truth, you know? It loves the other enough to, to want that other person to be formed deeply in the truth. And so I'll, I'll read this little passage within which he speaks about Paul VI as his father. He says, I keep thanking God that this great predecessor of mine, who was also truly my father, knew how to display odd extra, externally, the true countenance of the Church, in spite of the various internal weaknesses that affect, affected her in the post-conciliar period. So there's a lot of tumult in the Church. We've spoken about this before, after Vatican II, um, but Paul VI had this tranquility and balance by which he communicated outward to the world, despite all of that inner turmoil in the Church, um, th- the fullness of the Catholic faith, you know, and, and the beauty and the goodness of the truth that the Church teaches.
0: I love that term, ad intra, from within. And, 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 you know, sometimes we think of ourselves, it's like we don't want to show any weakness from within. Like, we're all united. We are unified and strong. And it's like, no, if we're being very frank. We have a lot of, as, as we've said, tumult in the church. And so what, what what does he go on to say? How do we keep thinking about this? Because, again, a question we're wrestling with now is, like, what do we do when there is uh, seemingly chaos <laughs> inside our house?
2: Yeah, there's a great passage here then in the same paragraph where he speaks about, after talking about Paul VI, you know, reflecting out to the world, the true countenance of the church, he speaks about criticisms that come from within the church, ad intra, he says, um, during Paul the VI's pontificate into John Paul II's, and I would say seem to continue today. And this is what John Paul says. While it is right that in accordance with the example of her master, Christ, who is humble in heart, She, the church, should have humility as her foundation, that she should have a critical sense with regard to all that goes to make up her human character and activity, that she should always be very demanding on herself. Nevertheless, criticism too should have its just limits. So, Criticism is good in a sense, but it has to be within just limits. And he goes on, Otherwise it ceases to be constructive and does not reveal truth, love, and thankfulness for the grace in which we become sharers principally and fully in and through the church. Furthermore, such criticism does not express an attitude of service, but rather a wish to direct the opinion of others in accordance with one's own, which is at times spread abroad in true thoughtless a manner. So here you have, we've talked about this before too, the this call to continuity, right? That I shouldn't be bringing just my own ideas and saying, well, this is, I'm going to fight for this because this is what I like. We're inheriting something, right? And so criticism is meant to be a kind of service that's meant to hold the church to what she was created to be by Christ. Criticism is not meant to be a reshaping of the church in my image it's meant to be an act of service to hold the church accountable to what she is truly meant to be. And so I think these points are, are so helpful for us, even today, that there's no shortage of criticism, even today, from within the church. Um, but we should all be first reflective on, if we're if we have a tendency to be critical of the church, where is it coming from? Is it a constructive love for the church and a desire for the church to be authentically who she is meant to be? Or is it... Merely a matter of just asserting my opinion and wanting to kind of reshape and mold the church, how I think she should look.
0: I, I've heard it said that there's a, almost a new Gnosticism in certain circles within the church, as if to say, "I know best. We, mm-hmm. we know best. We know better than than you. Just go with us because we have a better under. We have a better understanding of what we need to do." And you know, it's almost as if John Paul II, Saint John Paul II, is drawing a fine line between criticism to keep us on track. Are we being faithful to the mission of the church as it was handed down to us by our Lord through St. Peter and all of apostolic succession, or are we nagging? Right. You know, yeah. and, and there's a very fine line that separates the two, and it's okay to be on the one side. We don't want to be on the other. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So how, how do we wrap up today? Because there is that question then of, well, what is appropriate criticism, and uh like we said, in today's day and age, we're seeing it all over from seemingly every side, which I almost don't like saying that because there aren't multiple sides. It's, there's the truth mm-hmm. and then not the truth. Right. We're, we're one or the other.
2: Right. Yeah, and I think to me the, the key is just kind of that, that self-reflection first, you know, that, that willingness to be honest with myself about my own inner motivations and intentions and that kind of examination of conscience. You know, where, where do I fall <laughs> in this challenge of St. John Paul to not give in to this unconstructive, thoughtless criticism, you know, and, um, and kind of think, where am I being called just to remain silent and pray for the church? And where am I being called maybe to speak, you know, when there's a need? But just that, that self-reflection and that examination of my own conscience before just very quickly looking out and and kind of, you know, letting forth a barrage of criticisms of of someone else. As we wrap up today, I think of
0: one of our spiritual fathers that we've enjoyed here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis, one of our past archbishops, who is commenting on our current desire and culture to have a comment right away, that if you don't have a comment within 24 hours, I remember him saying at a communications workshop, you know, there's this Urgency. We have to have a comment within that first 24 hours. Well, maybe instead of that, we should wait a minimum of 24 hours so we can ask ourselves the question, do I really need to say this? Mm -hmm. Is is this vital for me to say? And Mm -hmm. and it seems to be a lesson that St. John Paul II is giving us as well. Yeah, that's very good. All right. Well, Father, it's been great to talk about Redemptor Hominess again with you this week in our zero-hour theology course here on Roadmap (laughs) to Heaven. Could I ask you to close our time together with a prayer?
2: Yes, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for the Church. We thank you for the gift of your Church, and we ask you that we would be faithful and generous sons and daughters who live an intrepid love for the Church and a desire to serve the Church well in all that we say and do. We ask this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Well, until next time, Father David Skillman, it's been great to have you with us on the show. We are going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven, but don't go anywhere.
3: A prayer to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Our Lady of Guadalupe, mystical rose, make intercession for Holy Church. Protect the sovereign pontiff. Help all those who invoke you in their necessities. And since you are the ever-Virgin Mary and Mother of the true God, obtain for us from your most holy Son the grace of keeping our faith, of sweet hope in the midst of the bitterness of life, of burning charity, and the precious gift of final perseverance. Amen.
0: Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. Let's pause on this Thursday for another Daily Dose of Encouragement as we continue to reflect upon the Sorrowful Mysteries of the Rosary with Patty Schneier. Well,
4: I'm just trying to unpack this week some meditations that would give you perhaps something new to think about as you pray the Rosary. The fourth Sorrowful Mystery, the carrying of the cross. Here's Mary's message for this decade. Rise and fall, rise and fall. That was the pattern for the master. It remains the same for all his disciples and for you. When you fall, you must rise again and keep going forward as Jesus did. Keep moving ahead with him and the cruel cross on your shoulders will be a little lighter. And here's the prayer that goes with this meditation. Dear Mother Mary, Jesus wants me to take up my cross daily and go forward with him. When you see me dragging my burden, please remind me that there is a better and more Christ-like way to bear it. Pray for me now that I may carry today's cross with love. Pray for me daily that I may rise with courage after each fall. Amen. So with every bead of this decade, let's pray for everyone who is carrying a heavy cross today. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's a loved one or a friend. But let's pray that we may have the grace to carry our crosses without complaint and to rise after each fall. I hope that helps you when you go to pray your rosary and the fourth sorrowful mystery, the carrying of the cross.
0: I don't know about you, but I was particularly struck when Patty shared that prayer with us by When you see me dragging my burdens, and it just stopped me in my tracks, but a beautiful conclusion to the prayer as well, Patty. Thank you for this dose of encouragement.
3: Prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the apostles by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us In this same spirit, to be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: As we wrap up today, we'd like to remind you what we started out the show with a call for prayer and fasting next week, Tuesday, October 17th. The Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem is asking the church to do this for peace in the Holy Land. And so. We encourage you figure out what exactly that's going to look like for you. When are you going to pray? Are you going to pray the rosary once, twice, three, four times that day? Are you going to go to the Adoration Chapel? How are you going to fast? Have a plan in place. Start thinking about that today and tomorrow so that you're ready for it on Tuesday. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end, amen. Mary, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, thanks for being with us again on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning. Next week's going to be a little different on the show. We'll talk about that. Uh, We'll be with you Monday and Tuesday, and then we're taking a road trip. We leave right after the show Tuesday to go visit our friends down at EWTN. So we'll have some great stuff when we get back from that. But in the meantime, we'll see you tomorrow morning. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.